0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is the day after Yom Kippur. We had a beautiful, beautiful Yom Tev and should have a beautiful year. So we continue. We're in Beya, the second chapter, the tractate of the holidays, very appropriate and apropos. And we are in 17a, the second line. Yom Tev that falls on Shabbos. So it's not a weekday. Weekdays we do 18 blessings. On a Shabbos, we only do seven blessings. But if a Yom falls on a Shabbos, I need a blessing for Shabbos. So you have the three introductory blessings and the three concluding blessings. That never changes. But in the, on the Shabbos, you have one blessing in the middle, so seven altogether. But because it's Yom so the rabbis say you need two blessings one for Shabbos and one for Yom that's what Beshamey says. Beshamey says you have to have an eight blessings. A separate blessing for Shabbos. She has a separate blessing for Shabbos. Beshamey argues, and of course, the Lord follows Beshamey. And that's what we do. No, you only make one blessing. The central blessing is one blessing. Maschil, Start with Shabbos. Start to open the blessing. The opening of the blessing should be about Shabbos. The conclusion of the blessing should be about Shabbos. In the middle of the blessing, the center of the blessing, talk about the holiday. So you include everything in one single blessing. The conclusion, yes, you start with Shabbos. In the center is the holiday, but the conclusion, you should also mention Yomteh. Mention both together. He concluding in one single blessing, so the conclusion should also reflect the blessing. I sanctify Shabbos and the Jewish people who sanctified the times. Made the times holy. Mm-hmm. The tana learned in front of Ravina. He says the proper uh, wording should be He sanctified Israel, the Jewish people, and Shabbos, and the times. Mm-hmm. So Ravina said to the Tana, Amalei, Shabbos Yisrael, How can you say that? The Jewish people sanctify Shabbos. Shabbos Shabbos Hashem sanctifies Shabbos Shabbos is automatically sanctified you don't need a court you don't need anyone to decide every 7th day Shabbos Shabbos uh, repeats itself the sanctity of Shabbos repeats itself whatever happened we're not just commemorating Shabbos is not just commemorating something that happened 5,782 years ago every Shabbos repeats itself what happened the first time happens literally every Shabbos Hashem rests 6 days a week Hashem is expressing Himself extending Himself into the world and the seventh day, the world withdraws. It's like a person rests. Your energy is rejuvenated. You go back to the source. So the energy, the divine energy, returns back to the source, reconnects, and the world is elevated. That's where the whole world rests. It's not just a Jew is obligated to keep Shabbos. If you're able, if you tune in, if you're sensitive, you see that the world rests. The world is, is in a state, in a different state than Shabbos. Hashem wants us to get into His rhythm. Exactly. And the world changes. If you're able to see it, the world changes. So the, Jew, the Jewish has nothing to do with the Jewish people. The Shabbos happens; Hashem does it automatically. Therefore, the proper way to say it is "Mekadesh Hashabbos." Hashem is the one who sanctifies Shabbos. Then Hashem sanctified Yisrael, the Jewish people, and the Jewish people, then Hashem empowered the Jewish people to sanctify Vazman in the time, because all the holidays are based on on the calendar. Who decides the calendar? the Jewish people. Who gave the Jewish people the power to decide the calendar? Hashem, by sanctifying the Jewish people, the Jewish people, Hashem empowered them to sanctify time. And to decide when is the day of the month and they're based on that. this becomes a holiday, or weekday suddenly becomes a holy day. It's all based on Shabbat. No, Shabbat well, is one thing and then the holidays is a separate thing. It's different. Yeah, this Shabbat yeah. comes from Hashem. The holidays come from the Jewish people. Hashem yeah. empowered us. We are the ones who sanctify the holiday. That's how Allah like Rabbi said, and like Ravina explained to the Tanakh standing the one the rabbis learn shabbash halish beresh haye de ze mekhader shabbash var shabbash ze soneshchit o khalesh we have this next week Next shabbash is going to be shabbash halomay sukos he said arvis for shabbash so minige mispa'al shabbash so in the the, the evening service and the morning service and Mincha, haye daven regularly like every shabbash and you mention you mention yalo be yavo you mention Yalav Yaveh so you mention just like Rishchodesh you would mention you mention that, that it's Yomtiv mm-hmm. and if he didn't say Yalav Yaveh you have to return you have to say Shamanasya over again you missed the mentioning of Yamtiv. you have to say Shamanasya over again Abelazah says where do you mention the Yomtiv? Behidah in Maiden. just like we say Alanissim we usually say Alanissim and Purim and Pesach I, I, I uh, put him mm-hmm. a chanukah. So he says that's when you should mention the yamtiv in in moadim. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. no, the the alav yomiv should be in in moadim. Yeah, meaning anything which is and you, you, you you just know, before and just perform isn't it? I mean, the Haidah, like we say, ala nisim chanukah put But we don't we don't follow that. yeah, we say better say before moadim, right? Before heida. <laughs> soften, uh, and the Musaf, the Musaf prayer, Maskel Bashal Shabbos, So, like every Shabbos, there's a Musaf, there's an additional prayer yeah. corresponding to the additional sacrifice. So you start with the Shabbos, you open the, prayer, the blessing with Shabbos, you conclude with Shabbos. In the middle, you mention the Yamta. Mm-hmm. And every Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Ben Breke. Amen. They say yeah. wherever you say seven blessings You start opening You open up with Shabbos Or Messiah You conclude with Shabbos So what's he coming to add? He's saying He's saying that, that all the blessings Not only the Musaf blessings Not only the Musaf blessings All the blessings all the blessing, Maidiv, the evening blessing, the morning blessing, and the Mincha blessing, you also should mention the yamtiv in the middle. Amaravuna, Ravuna says, on 17, 17a, <speaking in Hebrew> The aloha does not follow this peer. The aloha does not follow. The aloha does not follow this, this, uh, this pier we do is, we in the regular Shabbos, this, next Shabbos, we can daven the regular Shabbos, Shabbos uh, eh? We just add the ala We just add the ala we insert the ala to mention the holiday. And of course, if you miss it, you have to daven over again. Even at night. Not like Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh, if you miss the at night, you don't have to go over again because you're not allowed to sanctify the new moon at night. But Yom you have to mention all three prayers, the evening, the morning, and the minchuh prayer. That's what we do. If a person forgot If a person forgot to make an Eid of Eid yeah. Even on Yom We're quarantined A Jew is quarantined We're the first ones to be quarantined a Shabbos and Yom Tif are quarantined The whole world went into a Shabbos mode For, for a year and a half But we're quarantined even on Yom you're not allowed to go past your Tchum, 3, 000, uh, three, around 3,000 feet from the boundaries of the city, unless you make an Erev Tchumen. If you make an Erev Tchumen, you put some food there, and therefore that becomes like your dwelling place, and therefore now it extends, now I'm able to go another 3,000 feet in the other direction. But what if you forgot? Yom Tov was Thursday and Friday, and you were supposed to do it on Wednesday before Yom and you forgot. So what do you do? So it, what? Outside the land of Israel. So it's, uh, Anywhere? Is. No, of, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Outside the land of Israel. Very good. Yeah. He says, so what you can do is, you can make a native tchumen on Thursday, on the first day of Yom and you make a stipulation. You say it like this, because why do we keep two days Yom because our, originally our ancestors weren't sure which day is Yomtev. There's only one day Yomtev. They weren't sure, is it Thursday, is it Friday? Because they, they, didn't, they didn't know when the, there was no set calendar, so they didn't know when the Supreme Court decided which day is Rosh Chodesh. So out of doubt they kept two days. So day four, you make you make a condition like this. You say, if today is really a weekday and tomorrow is the Yomtev, so perfect, so my native is good, I'm making a native and a weekday. If it's the exact opposite, let's say today is Yomtev, so I'm making a native I'm not walking today you're not allowed to walk on Thursday Pat. but it doesn't mean it so what so, I, so I'm not allowed that's to make possible. a native so my native isn't meaningless. but tomorrow is a weekday so tomorrow I can go wherever I want anyway so whatever I am whatever it is I'm covered I'm okay for tomorrow so on Friday the second day of Yom Tov I can go follow the aid of Tchum maybe eating yeah. like a chips that's the and the, and the same thing yeah. is, the same thing is with Eid of Tavshil. With this whole chapter began, you're not allowed to cook. It's the Friday, it's if so Friday so is so Yamtif, Yom Yom so you're not allowed to cook for Shabbos. Of, um, pork, you know, and, and why would you be allowed to cook? You're not allowed, the Torah only allows you to cook for Yom Yom Tov. But biblically, we have a concept, we're going to learn later, that since you can cook for guests, Tov is a time of festivities. Right. Difference between Shabbos and Yamtiv. Shabbos is for yourself. Pleasure is for yourself. You sit alone and you have pleasure. You don't need anyone to have pleasure. You can't rejoice. Yamtiv is rejoicing. You can't rejoice alone. Joy includes other people. You can dance alone. So Yamtiv is a time of festivities, parties, having a lot of people over, guests. So you have to cook. You have to prepare food for them. The allows you, you need fresh food. So allows you to be food. Only, only allowed to cook. So therefore, since technically, theoretically, you can have guests come over any time of Yom Tif, I need a lot of food for them. So therefore, I'm allowed to cook. And if I have leftovers, it's leftover for Shabbos. But the rabbis say you can't cook on Friday for Shabbos unless you make a cook. You cook something before Yom Tif. You cook something before Yom Tif and based on that, based on that, you continue cooking Friday, Friday afternoon to cook for Shabbos. But what if you, Arab you Arab forgot Arab. to make a native? It was, was Yamtiv was Thursday and Friday. I'm supposed to make the of okay. Tavshilin on Wednesday, Erev Yamtiv before Yamtiv, and I forgot. So again, you do the same thing. You you make you cook something on on Thursday, and you say if today is Yamtiv, tomorrow is a weekday. So what's the problem? Tomorrow I can cook for Shabbat, It's a weekday. It's a regular Friday. If tomorrow is a Friday Yamtiv, and if I can't cook for Yamtiv, no problem. So today is a weekday. So I'm making uh, making a native Tavshilin today, and you're fine. <laughs> okay, now what Rav said, uh, said in the name of Rav, he only said Eidiv Tchumen, you're allowed to do Rav said, I'm allowed to do an Eidiv Tavshile so Gimotas explained, they're arguing they don't agree, they don't say it seems like it's the same principle Gimotas says, no, not, not so Mas, he says Man, Rav in the name of Rav said, allowed to make surely I'm allowed to make a Eidiv Tavshile but the Ravo said, I'm only I'm allowed to make it with Tavshilin. He argues, he says, Why? Why the distinction? My time, what's the distinction? The <laughs> it was means, on Yomtev. The Rabbis did not allow you to make, to acquire a residence. A residence even if it's only out of doubt. So here it's Yamtiv, the rabbis say it's Yamtiv. Forty eight hours we're keeping Yamtiv, right? And here you're making a residence. By making it Rubit Khuman, how does what's the principle? How does a Rubit Khuman work? This becomes your residence. By placing the food in this spot, this becomes you shift your residence from your house and now it becomes a new residence. So now I have an extra two thousand Ammas, three thousand feet to go from here. This becomes my new residence, so it extends. Now I can walk from the city. Instead of walking three thousand feet, now I can go six thousand feet. So the rabbis did not allow you to make a residence in the middle of Yom Even if it's only out of doubt, you know, you're making a condition of today, but the rabbis say you're not allowed. But to make cook a dish, to cook an extra dish, to enable you to cook the next day on Friday for Shabbos, in honor of Shabbos, the rabbis said you're allowed to do it. Yes, yeah, so that's why the rabbis says, you're only allowed to, only the of tafshilin does his work. ruvit Chumon, you're stuck. If you didn't make your of Chumon on Wednesday before Yom Sorry, you're, you're quarantined. You can't. You, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Come, of the rabbis learn, from You're not allowed to cook one day yum for the second day yum. <laughs> what? This yeah, this this week, this week Tuesday or Wednesday. You can't cook on Tuesday for Wednesday. You have a guest Tuesday night let me let me cook up a storm on tuesday afternoon no 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 you can't prepare for yamtu for the next day till, till till the stars come out you can't cook very important make more cuz so so he said really they said truthfully they said when the Toyota allows you to cook for yamtu you're allowed to fill a whole pot even though i only need one 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 piece of meat one piece one polka I'm allowed to cook already a whole pot of chicken. A baker is allowed to fill up a whole pot of water and to cook it even though he only needs one, one small jug. I have a But to bake But baking you're only allowed to bake the amount of challah that you need. Not more. even baking, even baking. Just like we said about the meat about the chicken, you're allowed to fill up a whole pot. Even I only need one 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 wing or one pulka. You're allowed to fill up the water. Even I only need one little jug. So you're allowed to also fill up the whole oven to bake. Why? Because the bread bakes bakes better when it's full. How is that true for meat? What? How is that true for me? Yolk one. It, make, make, it, uh, it it cooks better. It cooks better. Yeah. According according to to Yochai explained here: meat is one pot. You're not doing more action by putting more or less meat in the pot. But each yeah. loaf of bread is a separate action. Therefore, we have to come up with a reason why you want to put more bread. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So right. Right. <clears throat> in other words, it's it's one. Once you're cooking already, it's one bother. You're already bothering to cook. It's not extra. It's not like I have to work extra. Fill up. I'm, not, I'm cooking anyway. I'm putting a pot on the fire, so you fill up the pot. It's half full, a quarter full, full, full. It's the same. It's the same effort. No, it doesn't matter. It's the same effort. So if you're cooking already, you can cook everything. Once we allow you to cook, it's the same action. It's not an extra action. It's the same action. are saying here that with the oven, if you have ten loaves of bread inside, each loaf attracts heat. Amiravet? Oh, sorry. So then, with what's left over, you're allowed to eat on the second. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. So if you're ready filling up a pot. You have to cook a meal. Yeah, yeah. Fill up a whole pot, and then yeah. So yeah. Rabbi, Allah, the law father Shemala, not only allowed to fill up the pot of chicken, the meat, and not only allowed to, you allowed to fill up a whole thing of water. I only need one cup, and I'm filling up a whole yeah. whole of our, I'm cooking. But even about baking, I can already fill up the whole oven and bake. Okay. So then what, I'm sorry, what's the Yeah, that you're not allowed oh, to. No. Yeah. no, if I didn't, I didn't fill up the pot. I just, in the morning, I just, I just cooked for that, what I need. Now it's in the afternoon. i have having guests tonight. I, I'm not, I don't need it for now. I'm only cooking for tonight. If you're only cooking for tonight, that you're not allowed. That you're not allowed. You know how to start again. Boilu, the mother has a question. Mi shalei ni'echi Someone who forgot them make a duv So the question is, who Nesser, he's not allowed to cook Friday for Shabbat. and also his flour also. His items now, no one can cook with them. Or perhaps, who he's not allowed to cook. Ve'imkimchei Nesser, but his, his, the, food that belo- I mean, the raw material, the ingredients that belong to him, it's not forbidden. What difference does it make? Could he give it away to someone else? Someone who did make a native Tavshil, and he can cook for him. <laughs> Do him a favor and cook for him. Take... No, but it's his. Listen, I, I want to be generous. My, I'm allowed to cook not only for myself, I can cook for others also. I'm allowed to be generous. Shabbos, I'm allowed to have guests. So He'll be my guest. <laughs> So, if you' going to say if you're going to say that he becomes prohibited and his his flour becomes prohibited in order for the other one to cook for him he has to give it away to him so it becomes his it's not mine It's your you can do whatever you want with the, with these ingredients you want to bake for me okay if you're going to say Only the prohibition is in him. He is not allowed to cook on Friday and Yomte for Shabbos, but Mm -hmm. the ingredients that belong to him don't become prohibited. sort of like Neukim Lechim doesn't have to. The other one can walk into his house and and cook for him. So if you give it away, like you say, you can't have a condition on it. Oh, by the way, I I want you to cook it. So wait a second. Your your neighbor made half. Well, shillin. he understands. He's a, wise, he's a wise. He's uh, a wise. Wait, your neighbor made half shillin, so you transfer yeah. the flour to him, so they can pay for you Yeah, but yeah. But, uh, but you may not need to transfer it. He doesn't have to transfer it. According to if it, if, if the prohibition is not on your ingredients, just on the person. It's okay. This case, this case, uh, the rabbi is allowed. He should be Shabbos. He should be able to have Shabbos. It's like I'm having guests. I'm cooking for a lot of people. There's nothing wrong with that. What's the problem? Or I'm cooking for you. Even cooking for you is not a problem. You're not allowed to cook. I'm cooking for you. I'm your chef today. <laughs> you got me free, a free chef. So my, what's the halacha? Which one is it? He says, Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. We learn, He's not allowed to bake. is not allowed to cook. is not allowed to, uh, like in, in heat, like to keep the heat, insulate, insulate. Not for himself, and he can't cook for others. He's not allowed to cook for others. Maybe I'll be a chef for someone else. No, you can cook. And others cannot bake or cook for him either. In other words, his ingredients are prohibited. Kate said, away, he says, What do you do? He's going to sit on Shabbos and, and fast. So he can transition all his flour to others. And then they can bake for him, Vashlay they can cook for him. Shma'i it's clear. We see clearly from here. Who The prohibition is on him and on his possession. Shma'mi it's to proof. Okay. End of the discussion. Then we have another question. what if he violated the prohibition? He's not allowed to cook. He forgot to make an native Tavshil He went ahead and and he baked. Without permission. May is he allowed to eat from that food. I'll bring your proof, you a proof. We learned the So, Someone who forgot to make it with what should he do? He acquires, he gives his, his flour to others who acquire it. And then they can bake for him, and wash it, and cook for him. We continue on side B. If you're going to say, listen, the Mishnah the should have also added. That after the fact, if he went ahead and violated and, cooked, and baked, then he's allowed to eat from it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say that. In other words, the mission is trying to tell us what options does he have? Yes, he's telling us initially, of course, he's not allowed to. But he should have also told us, but if he went ahead and baked, then there's another possibility. If he went ahead and, and baked, if you made despite a mistake, the fact, he made a mistake. Then he can eat it. He can eat from you it. Still In other words, he's trying to help us. A person is stuck for Shabbos. What do you do? She says, listen, if you know that you're not allowed to do this tough luck, the only thing you can do is, is transition. But if you went ahead and forgot, and you baked anyway, or you went ahead and violated, and baked anyway, fine, you can eat from it. Oh, that's not a proof. He's talking about what you're allowed to do. He's not talking about what you're not allowed to do. <laughs> right, the cheat, right. He doesn't want to give him any ideas. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I, or, or I have no choice. I'll go ahead and do it anyway. The truth is really, if you go ahead and do it anyway, you're allowed to eat from it. But the rabbis don't want to don't want to enlighten people in that them So you, that shouldn't be an option to you. You say, listen, I'll violate, I have to eat Shabbos, I'm not going to starve on Shabbos, I'm not going to fast on Shabbos. You know what? Hashem, I'll burn in hell, I'll burn in hell for this, I'll cook and bake, mm-hmm. and I'll have what to eat for Shabbos. No, we don't want to give them that option. You're stuck, you didn't listen, you're stuck. Now, we learned the other day that... that the rabbi usually makes a an native and we all do it. Actually, we make an native We say, "I have in mind everyone in the community." Because let's say someone forgot to make of tashlulim, so you can rely on that. Unless, if if knowingly, twice already, knowingly you didn't make an native tashlulim. If you do it intentionally, then you cannot you cannot fulfill the. Uh, you're not included in that in that uh, ediv if you do it intentionally, the rabbi is punishing you. And say you're not doing it. You're neglecting. Yeah, then, yeah, then, then you're stuck. Then you can't eat. You have to learn your lesson. You can't play games with it. But if a person forgot, or he relied, I, I'm saying initially, I'm relying on the rabbi. That's fine. But but if if intentionally you should have made your own and you didn't, twice. Then the rabbi say, "I'm sorry, you're not included in the state of shil, and you have to, you have you're gonna you have to fast the Shabbos." Made the, if you did it properly, it's okay. Right. It's He's saying, if you forgot, we're talking about if a well, person forgot, whatever, you know, then give it over to know. the. Yeah. Nonetheless, we still don't let you buy from him. <laughs> <umar>, yeah. <laughs> Toshma, I'll bring you a proof. Okay, so he can't bring any proof. So what's the halacha? I'll bring you another proof. We learned Nebraisim, Misheni, and so on who left Ediv, he made Ediv tafshil. A you of He's allowed to bake and cook and insulate If he wants to eat his after he bakes and cooks and, 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 and insulates, then he can go ahead and eat his ative. He doesn't need it anymore. Oh, actually, uh, what if he ate it before he had it, before he baked friday afternoon well actually he hit me before he insulated that is, like, <laughs> then, then he can't he's not allowed to bake and cook yeah, insulate. <laughs> not for himself not for others <laughs> and others can't bake and cook for him So what, what do you do what could you do you stuck you're gonna starve on shabbos you're gonna fast on shabbos so he says cook for yomteh cook a lot like yeah. we learned before and then, then you feel whatever's left over is left over but as long as you don't do it intentionally you don't, you don't uh in other words if you happen to have left over fine but if if he did it intentionally so yeah if he did it intentionally in other words after he already finished for Tov, he, he really doesn't have to eat anymore for Tov. he's stuffed he can't even eat anymore but he says oh you know what I'm going to cook for guests but no guests are coming <laughs> He doesn't invite guests the whole year. All of a sudden, now he's cooking for guests. <laughs> so it's clear that it's just... Uh, it's, it's, it's a con job. It's, it's yeah. deceptive. He's pretending there's guests. So he's cooking for tiv, And of course, there's no guest. And then he's going to keep it for Shabbos. If you do it, it, that, it that way, then, it's, then you're not allowed to eat from that food in the shop. Yeah. So therefore, is he's saying, you see clearly... That if you will go ahead and you violate the rabbinic prohibition, if you go out, violate and cook on Friday afternoon, which is Yom for Shabbos you're not allowed to eat from it. The Rabbi, just like over here, if you do it intentionally, the rabbi says tough luck, you can't eat from it. So that answers your question. The iman says no, it does not answer the question. Why? Because there's a big difference between a kanjab and someone who intentionally violates something that's wrong. Amar Rabashi had shiny mezit. A, it's worse. Someone who is intentionally violating is much better off than a person who's playing games. It's like a difference between the Svaldin and the Reform and Conservatives. The Ashkenazic Jews. Ashkenazic Jews they, don't, the Jews, they don't play games. There's one rule. There's one Torah. This is the truth. I live up to it. I don't live up to it. I could intentionally violate the Torah. But this is the Torah. I'm not going to change the rules and laws because... You know, because I want to appease my conscience. Former conservative, suddenly, well, we changed the rules of the game. Oh, you don't have to do this anymore. You lost, but you really won. Uh, your father is Jewish, you're Jewish. It, it's, it, it's a you're not be. It's, it's dishonest. It's inherently dishonest. It's innately dishonest. You're not living up to the standards. Don't change the standards. Don't change the rules of the game. These are the, ga- this is the rules of the game. These are the standards. I don't live up to it. Yeah, I don't live up to it. It's fine. It's something inherently dishonest, which the rabbis despise. And that's what the rabbis say. Someone who intentionally violates a transgression, fine, he knows this is the law, and I'm not behaving, I'm not acting properly. Fine. So one day you'll do teshuva, one day... There is No, and I'm not deceiving, I'm violating. I know I did something wrong, I'm guilty, I know I did something wrong, and one day I will change. But right now, it doesn't oh, mean that wrong. That the that rabbi said right. you can eat from it. Yeah. After the fact, you can eat from it. That Fine. It but if you're to... deceiving, you're pretending to be religious. Yes. You're pretending to follow the laws. I'm following the laws. I'm religious. But I'm cooking. And uh, Come on. But who are you kidding? Intent, intent but it's much worse. Deception is worse than blatant violation. It's like a difference between the thief and the gosling. The Goslin is a robber. I'm doing it openly. I'm a, th- I'm a, g- I'm a bum. I'm not pretending to be liberal and kind, and meanwhile I'm doing the most cruel the cruelest thing in the world because I couldn't care less about anyone. But I'm pretending to be kind. There's something very, very noxious about that deception. You know, don't pretend to be kind, and liberal and kind when you couldn't care less. And it's all about your own ego and what you're doing is so destructive. A person who's a bum, he's a bum. He says I'm a bum. I'm not pretending to be nice. So so the rabbis despise so therefore they they punish someone who's deceptive, Rabbi says, I'm sorry, you're gonna sit and fast on Shabbos. you're not eating, you're not touching that food. A person who violated blatantly, no problem. After the fact is go that, ahead and eat is from that it. A lot of, I'm trying to remember. Yes. Well look, the revealed sins are ours, right? In the hidden things That is aloha. It's a very it's a very essential principle in life. How you, you shouldn't be a you shouldn't deceive, you shouldn't be a con artist something very despicable about when a person especially when a person is so delusional that he deludes himself (laughs) he cons himself (laughs) he answers he says that this is he says, really, I'll tell you, there is no distinction between uh, intentional and, and deception. If the rabbis allow you, in one case, yeah, it's the same law. But this breise that says, if deception is allowed, and therefore, by the same token, if you do it intentionally, it's telling you you would be allowed to eat it, that's following the opinion of Hanani according to B'sham. In order to bake, you have to also make an ediv with, with, with bread. In order to cook, you have to make an ediv with, with, with uh, a cooked item. And if you want to insulate, you have to already start insulating on Wednesday before yamtiv. You don't need to... It's enough to cook one one item and with that you can yeah. bake cook and insulate do everything okay and then the Gemara brings what's that? so what's like Beshameh is strict when it comes to Edif tafshila, that for baking you have to bake before young and for cooking you have to cook and insulating so also they were strict and they said that someone who's deceptive the Rabbi said you're not allowed to and the same thing would be if you went ahead and cooked intentionally, you're not allowed to eat from that food. But according to Bishilla who's not strict, Bishilla is lenient. Basilla yeah. says it's only symbolic, it's enough. You cook one thing and you can do everything based on that. So the Basil would also be lenient and say that if you did it intentionally and the same to the same by the same token, if you were deceptive, they would say it's okay. After the fact, you're allowed to go ahead and eat from that food. That's how he's explaining. But the law is, like we said earlier, there is a distinction between Cook between, uh, between right between intent, intentionally brazenly violating and the deception. Mm-hmm. You're trying to you trying to have your cake and eat it too. Oh, I'm a, I'm I'm kosher, but you know that you're deceiving. But you're trying to pretend on the surface for the public, the image. You're trying to keep yeah. your image, but inside completely hollow, and you're living the exact opposite of what your image is. So that there's something very noxious about that. Then the Gemara says another, another, another to prove the point. Toshma, bring you a approve. Amasa Someone who went ahead and tithed in Shabbos. The rabbi is saying you're not allowed to tithe in Shabbos. He went ahead and tithed in Shabbos. If it's b'shoygek, if he did it unintentionally, forgot. Then you're allowed to eat from it be amazing if he did intentionally the rabbis penalized him and said since you violated this rabbinic prohibition therefore you're not allowed to eat from it so you see clearly that the rabbis uh, punished you so the same thing should be with eight of Tavshilin if you cooked if you cooked on Friday intentionally even though you did not make an eight of Tavshilin you should say the same thing the rabbis penalized you that you're not allowed to eat from that food on Shabbos but it says no not a proof, really. I'll tell you, this lepe The prize is talking about, I have what to eat on Shabbos. I'm not desperate. I have what to eat. But these fruits, you're not allowed to eat. These fruits, you can wait till Saturday night or Sunday. Mm-hmm. But here, we're talking about he has nothing to eat. He's going to starve. He's going to fast on Shabbos. <laughs> he's, he's up a creek. Mm-hmm. So maybe in this case, the rabbis say, after the fact, you went ahead and cooked. Even if you didn't intentionally, we allow you. It. So it's no proof. Toshma, I'll bring you another proof. But it's is relentless. You know, it doesn't stop until it exhausts every angle and every single proof you can think of. Toshma bring you another proof until it answers the question. Amad Caleb a Shabbos, a person dipped his, his garments in the Shabbos, in the, the mikveh, or his utensils, you're not allowed to dip on Shabbos. So if he did a beshegik, he got then he's allowed to. Let's say they were impure. The vessels were impure in those days. This was important. Today we're all impure, so it doesn't matter to us. But in those days, everything had to be pure. So if your garments or your utensils were, were impure, so if it's unintentional, then you can use it. But be amazing. and intention, you're not allowed to use it. So you see that the rabbis punished them, penalized them. Since you violated, transgressed this rabbinical prohibition, therefore we don't let you enjoy it. The benefits of your, of your transgression. So, the same thing over here. The same answer. He has other clothes. It's not, it's not only, his only his only clothes, he has other clothes to wear. So, therefore, you, 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 you don't have to wear this. But here, here if you don't let him eat, he has nothing else. Inami, or I can make a distinction. Efshabashela. There, I can borrow. Even if you don't have any other clothes, I can go to my neighbor and borrow a suit for the day. So you're not stuck. But here you're stuck. Maybe the rabbis allowed you. Toshma, bring another pro. We learn. What if a person cooked on Shabbos? <laughs> you're not, you didn't violate a rabbinic prohibition. You violate a biblical prohibition. You cooked on Shabbos. You're allowed to eat it on Shabbos. But it'd be amazing if you do it intentionally, you're not allowed to eat So over here? Since if you do it intentionally, you cooked on Friday afternoon a young dude, without making a native you're not allowed to eat from that food on Shabbat. but it says no how could you compare He suited the shabish shiny there it's a biblical prohibition in the case of a biblical prohibition yeah. see, even though biblically I would be allowed to eat it but the rabbi said, hey, you violated the biblical prohibition even even if it was intentional, therefore you're not allowed to eat from it but here it's a whole prohibition is rabbinic the whole necessity of a native tafshilin is rabbinic so therefore. Even if you went ahead and did it intentionally, maybe the rabbi's allowed you to eat from it. Okay, so the Gemara remains, there's no proof. But the halacha is that if you do it intentionally, you are allowed to eat from it, but if you're deceptive, then you're not allowed to eat from it. It says now, Mishnah, Mishnah, Mishnah says, you need to cook two items. So he says, that says that well, the argument uh, in Shamei and Hill is if you need two cooked items or one one cooked item <coughs> is enough. The <coughs> Loik is not. It contradicts another but <coughs> that uh, that both Beis and Beis both agree that you have to have two cooked items. The argument is dog <coughs> a fish that comes with an egg on top. Mm-hmm. They, have they used to put an egg on top of the fish general, so right. is it considered like two items or not you need so two items, but is this like one, one dish or is it considered like two dishes because I have an egg and I have a fish <laughs> that the egg and the f- the egg the fish and the egg on top is considered like one 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 item, so in addition to that I have to cook another item it's <laughs> not this case, you're allowed to do. This is consider, This case, you're allowed to do one item because they're considered like two cooked items. Because you have the egg, and you have the fish. Even though you're cooking it together, it's one, one. Uh, but nevertheless, it's considered like two items, and you fulfill your obligation. So what if the Shavuot and the continues both agree. If he if he ground the egg, a cooked egg and he put, it, he put it into the fish or he ground the, the, the leeks he mashed them up, and he, mashed them up and, the the and he stuffed the fish because it's a considered two separate things you have the leek and the egg and the fish are two separate things but when the, when the fish and the egg on top of it then it's considered like one if you stuff, the stuffing is considered separate. The stuffing is two things. When you stuff it, I want to eat the fish and I want to eat the egg. It's two separate things. Here, when you're smearing the egg on top of the, 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 uh, the fish, it's really one dish. So gefilte fish is, is really two. Gefilte <laughs> fish is a lot of things. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's not stuff. Gefilte <laughs> <laughs> fish is, yeah. becomes, becomes like together. one. Yeah, yeah, it becomes like one, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, the law follows hill. All you need is one what well, if you cook one item is enough mm-hmm. our custom is nevertheless we take a matzah a challah so you have something baked and you have a, something cooked a piece of fish a piece of chicken and then you make a native tafshilin this year it's not relevant because we don't it's not it's not thursday friday shabbat not friday okay. we learned now mission what if he ate the native? he lost it before he had a chance to cook with to bake, or to, or to, insulate. He's not allowed to cook in it. We learn If he started, to, if he started to bake, relying on his ediv, and before he finished, As long as when he started, the ediv was extant, was present. Even if it's not present, when he lost, he, it, when again, he, he lost it or he ate it or he lost it or he ate yeah. it in between, he can go ahead and finish. Once you started. Yeah. and you have permission to start, because the edive was, exist- was there, then you can <laughs> f- you can finish, even if the edive yeah. is no longer there. Okay, the next Mishnah. Dr. Mishnah, what if, if Yamtif falls out on Sunday? A person is allowed to go to the mikvah. It says on Yom a person should go to the Mikveh a person should, 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 should do, purify himself before Yom Before Shabbos Before Yom and, and also if you have utensils or garments that are impure that need to be dipped into the Mikveh So he says you should do everything Milfnei HaShabbos do everything before Shabbos because you're not allowed to dip on Shabbos and Yom Tov That's why opinion. Yes Utensils and garments you have to dip before Shabbos. But, Adam, but a person could go into the mikveh even in Shabbos. How much more so in Yom? You know that was that was interesting. Time out. Behind the argument, okay? Veshavin, um, but both Hill and Shame agree. and Hill agree. is a mayim You're allowed to. You're allowed to kiss. Mashikin means to kiss. How do you purify water that's impure? When the water comes in contact, touches the mikveh, so it becomes like touch, kisses the mikveh, and now the water becomes pure. So that you're allowed to do even. mayim, the water became impure. B'kli evin, b'kli evin in a vessel of stone which does not receive impurity. So it, it did not become impure by holding. If you had, by holding the water, containing the water that was impure, any other vessel, the water would contaminate the vessel. But here, but, rabbinically, but here it's a it's an, a stone a stoneware. Stoneware does not become impure. So the stoneware is holding the water. Then you dip the water into the mikveh, and now the water becomes pure. That you're allowed to do. Why? Because on yamtiv, I'm I'm I'm. I'm drawing water. I need water to drink. It's not obvious that I'm doing it in order to purify, to purify the water. I'm, I'm drawing water. I'm allowed to draw water. I need water to drink. Yeah. So while you're drawing water, you're, you're purifying the water. The moment it t- kisses, and that's what we do with every mikvah. The mikvah, the mikvah has to be natural water, rainwater. Yeah. but, uh, but uh, you 're going to dip in that natural rainwater after a week, two weeks, the water will become so dirty uh, no woman will ever step foot into the mix. So you make a separate pool, keep it separate. natural rainwater. The water where the women dip in is actually tap water and it 's cleansed and it 's purified and filtered and, and everything. But then there is a hole between the two, the two pools, and the waters kiss each other. HaShaka. They kiss each other. Therefore, the moment it kisses, the water in the, the, uh, the pool, the um, tap water, now has the status of natural water. What's the minimum size? Of oh, it's, it has to be like a, like the opening of a, of a tube. the is... So it's a size and sometimes, sometimes they, 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 they plug it and then they open it for whatever. And... Um, All over the place? <laughs> so he says. So he says. My bill in, but, but a a wooden a wooden, a vessel. A wooden a metal vest, vessel, metal vessel, a wooden vessel that's holding the water. That you're not allowed to dip it, because when you dip it in, you're also going to purify the vessel. That's that's creating something. No, but also. Right, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to purify a vessel on Shabbos. Here you're purifying the vessel. Okay. The mother will explain what he means. So we'll stop over here. Everyone have a beautiful Shabbos.